and welcome to Duckline. I'm Jill Schroeder, and this is our podcast from Great Oak Gallery here in Austin, Texas. Today I'll be chatting with San Antonio artist Hiromi Stringer. Her exhibition, The Dog Show, Time Traveler, Umiyama's Drawings from the 21st Century, runs through January 7th. Hi, Hiromi. Hi, Jill. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you doing? <laughs> Very good. And then here, I have my husband, Doug Stringer, here as well, as my like, the, uh, supporter for the communication. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> So um, why don't we start with you telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your art practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was born in Japan, and then uh, I grew up there, and I went to school went to college, graduated, and then worked for like a regular job. So I was really not involved with art at all. Well, I was making ceramics a little bit. And then um, I found myself like a 29 years old, I'm married and then working for the uh, full time. And then um, besides working for a company, I was trying to become a ceramicist. So I made my works after work and then uh, over the weekends. So it was so tiring, but my career as an artist back in Japan was really not really successful. And um, I thought I really needed to change something dramatically. So I decided to go to the U.S. Oh. Yeah, then um, okay. I came here in 2008. And, and so um, you went to, directly to San Antonio? Yes. Okay. Somehow, yeah. How did you pick San Antonio? Um, back then, I was... Sorry, San Antonio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, San Antonio is a really nice place. Please come here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, back then, I was making ceramics. And then, as you might know, so when you are creating like the, uh, with wet clay, like the uh, cold or the freezing is the kind of one of the worst enemy. You don't want to freeze the uh, greenware. Sure. Yeah. And uh, back in Japan, I lived in a really a colder area. And sometimes my green work got frozen. And that means when it melted, it collapse, collapses. So I was looking for somewhere. It's not going to get really cold. <laughs> and then somewhere the climate is like a nicer mm-hmm. and not too too countryside <laughs> and not too expensive to live right yeah yeah san antonio is perfect for that yeah it's perfect <laughs> <laughs> so you you went to school um at it was it utsa yes, okay utsa yeah okay yeah so i started my uh auto student life at utsa mm-hmm. so i studied there around four years in BFA program. And then I left school, and then I worked for galleries, like a preparators, mm-hmm. like a Southwest School of Art, etc. And then I came back to UTSA as a graduate student, graduated. And then now I am teaching, drawing, and painting at UTSA. Oh my gosh. It's like 
A, a whole family, right? Because you've been <laughs> yeah. there so long. Yeah. It's just like I live there. <laughs> so what was it like? I mean, so you're you're in a new country and you're starting a new school. Um, that must have been crazy. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it a lot, but not everything was uh, like a happy and then enjoyable thing. Sometimes uh, some tough ships and some cries, but... Um, it was so thrilling, and then I think it fed me a lot. Um, so maybe we should roll into like the concept of the show, because I feel like, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, your kind of interpretation of a new culture might kind of reflect in some of the show's themes also, possibly. But, I mean, you can just start from the beginning if you want to. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the U.S. and then Japan. So, these two countries are two, like, uh, advanced, so-called, like, advanced countries. But still, uh, living in the U.S. was a lot of, like, the uh, strange encounters. <laughs> strange yep, encounters. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And... Um, one thing I really struggled was how I should present myself in the U.S. How can I be perceived as like a regular, normal person? I wanted to um, fit in well in this society. And since I grew up in Japan and then my standard or my way of thinking, my uh, evaluation system... My perspective were really unconsciously based on Japanese way, even though I thought I was not a really a good fit in Japan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, every time I go home, go back to Japan. I go to Kyoto, and then I go to this antique bookshop. And then one time, I was looking through their inventory, and then I found one or two textbooks, like uh, old English textbooks. And uh, it was from about 100 years ago. And then these were really uh, smaller sites, rudimentary textbooks and then those textbooks belonged to uh, this guy Umeyama Umeyama Shoei oh so he existed he kinda existed <laughs> <laughs> so I and yeah um, in Japan all the kids receive the textbooks mm-hmm. and then they can get to keep these as theirs so we usually put our names onto the uh, textbooks. Okay. So that Umeyama person wrote his name on his textbooks. Ah. Yeah. And then somehow I got those textbooks and then I was looking at those like uh, English textbooks and then those are really uh, really uh, entry-level textbooks like uh, this is an apple or this is a pencil. Sure. Or is this a dog or those kind of thing. And uh, I brought back those books to San Antonio, my studio. And then one day I was looking at those books 
and I started to think, okay, so right now I live here in San Antonio, in the suburb. So everything, all the houses are really cookie cutter. So it's not that like an exciting <laughs> <laughs> scenery. <laughs> But I started to wonder maybe for Umeyama, like what would he think if he was here?、Mm-hmm. And then back then I was still like really learning how to speak English. So I was really wondering what would Umeyama see this world with his. Knowledge and then his ability of English. I think that was the、uh, starting point of this body of work. Okay. And、um, in this body of work, I have a protagonist, a time traveler, Umeyama.、Mm-hmm. He somehow time, time travels from 170 years ago, Japan, to so many different locations of the contemporary world. And then he was a scholar back then. So it was his nature to start recording or drawing what he sees. And he really wanted to analyze and then make sense of what he was seeing. So he started to draw like a pretty mundane things, such as the fire hydrants or telephone poles. And then he started to analyze. What they are doing and why they are placed there. Okay. So that, that was like the very sh- first show.、Yes. Okay. And for this show, he is studying dogs. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there a reason why he chose dogs or that, you know, that they came prominent in the show? Yeah, yeah. This is not because I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. More like a deeply, yeah,、mm-hmm. profound meaning behind Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so back then, when Umeyama lived, like、uh, 170 years ago or around 200 years ago, like Western dogs or foreign dogs, in this meaning, like a foreign means outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. Like the,、uh, the dogs here in the US are all Western dogs. Those dogs are really expensive, exotic animals back in Japan. Okay. And then people traded those dogs in like a really high price tags. So, so only wealthy people? Yes, only wealthy people, really upper class and upper middle class people、okay. could really afford those kind of dogs. And then Umeyama was a scholar and he worked for the local government. And then one of his like, the assignments was how to raise funds for his government.、Okay. And then when he time traveled to the US here, he saw so many dogs hanging around here, <laughs> or especially in the、um, uh, dog parks. He saw so many like, expensive dogs playing.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for him, like, it's a.、Uh, A lot of like money jumping around. <laughs> But for us, they are like the,、uh, sometimes the mud dogs or、yes. uh, just a regular yeah,、uh, standard dogs.、Mm-hmm. But for him, it was a bunch of like money opportunities. Okay.、Yeah. So、um, 
He also notices the outfits, the um, <laughs> the way dogs are treated. Um, I mean, I guess he's a good scholar, right? Because he's noticing all the details of... Yeah, like uh, dressing those dogs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, especially here in South Texas. Yeah, maybe he saw those dogs in winter time when it's really cold. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so is the idea that he brings these drawings back to show in a museum, or are they like found later on and then shown in a museum? Yeah, his original intention was he wanted to create a catalog, like what kind of dogs are available for training, so that someday he can bring, bring some of them back to his like uh, 170 years ago Japan, mm-hmm. and then he wanted to start like uh, making money. So uh, once he creates some kind of like a catalog, and when he bring brings back to Japan those tech catalogs, and then if he can find out what kind of dogs are really popular, maybe he can really target and then make really good money. Okay, so, so he was going to be a dog breeder. Yes, dog breeder <laughs> or dogs exporter. Oh, dog yeah. exporter. Yeah. Oh. Import exporter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, importer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Japan, right? yeah. Yeah. Import to yeah, dog importer. Yeah. And uh, back then, there were not that much like a foreign trade between Japan and then other countries. Mm-hmm. So only once a year, a Chinese ship or one Dutch trade ship were oh, really? allowed to yeah go enter to the uh, Japanese port. So really, there were not that many Western dogs. So coming back to present time, do people in Japan treat their dogs differently than people in America? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am not sure if the uh, back, back then Japanese people dressed their Dress dog. their dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I did just a tiny bit of research and then I found some upper class people dressed they're tiny dogs with like a silk scarves. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it, it does have some history. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But All not right. just like the uh, pyjama or <laughs> costume or anything like that. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about, so did you use a specific paper or um, is it pencil that you're using or for the dog drawings? They are, um, I used like an oriental paper like a Japanese paper. Okay. I like to say like an oriental paper for some certain reasons. But um, Is it rice paper? No. It's, it's it, rice paper. Okay. Yeah. okay. And I use rice paper and I use sumi ink. Ah. Yeah, with brush. Okay. The wow. reason for those like, uh, materials are, those are the materials Umeyama was really familiar to use to make drawings. Gotcha. Okay. I figured. I figured that. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the museum items, drawings, and why they're included? So, so there's like um, pencil drawings of meters that museums have, like fire extinguisher, not fire extinguishers, fire alarms. Oh, yes. Just kind of everyday museum items. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I guess I'm being upgraded to a museum currently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I do here is, or what I do is, I create fictional museum in gallery spaces. And then the uh, name for the museum is Umeyama Time Teleportation Museum. So Umeyama is the uh, protagonist's name and time teleportation, as you know, like he jumps over the time and the space, like from the uh, 200 years ago, Japan, to like a contemporary Texas. And then since I create the uh, fictional museums, I needed to have some kind of equipment, like the fire alarms or high-grow thermometers, so that I can always keep the condition of the uh, historical Umeyama's <laughs> <laughs> really a precious artifact. Yes, yeah. of course they yeah. are. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a traveling show, right? So it is, a, even, yeah. Even the equipment travels with the show. The, yeah, the equipment right. travels with the show, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm about to wrap up, but is there anything else you want the listeners to know about yourself or the show or the work? Is your dog in the show? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my dog is in the show. Here at the gallery, we can see so many different dogs. And those are dog portraits, but to me, those dog portraits are some kind of like the uh, something really reflecting our contemporary culture or life here in the U.S. And it's not only for their outfit or um, how they are like a treated, like on the uh, carriage or the some some dogs are on wheels. It's pretty nice, but um, not only those like a treatment, but also the uh, breeds of the dogs are actually artificial things. That that is something we human being created the last two hundred years. This is because we human beings sometimes preferred certain kind of like appearance of the dogs. And then people like inbred those dogs to really pursue some uh, certain like appearances. So those appearances of those like a dog breeds, I feel somehow reflect like the uh, human desires or ambitions and like uh, contemporary cultures. That's fantastic. I loved how you ended that. That was great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to thank Romy for joining me on this podcast. The the exhibition, The Dog Show, Time Traveler's Umiyama's Drawings from the 21st Century, will run through January 7th. I would also like to thank Scott David Gordon for producing the show and the Black Drum Set for letting us use their song, A Dangerous Drive. Thank you so much. (laughs) 